Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Time for your weekly dose of propaganda now here with the Square Ball. Dan, Michael and Moscow on a show brought to you by Levi Solicitors. The main guys, my friends, our friends, your friends. Use them for legal stuff if you want. Mm-hmm. Will's probate conveyancing, litigation, dispute resolution, commercial property, just to name a few yep. that I know about. Can you name some more? Yeah, I'll do it afterwards. <laughs> Not telling you. <laughs> 10% discount on your legal fees, levicelicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball to take advantage of that. So yeah, this is propaganda where we have a dive into the fan channels of the world. We hear from Leeds fans as well. Basically find out what's been said in the football world this week about Leeds, about the opponents, by the opponents, by Leeds fans, by the world at large, by crazy scum fans. Not this week. Not this week. Are they happy they, this well, week? Well, they won, didn't they? I couldn't bear to listen to them. Not in a good way. I know, not in a, I know it was not in a good way, but still. I mean, Scott McTominay scoring is never a good mm. way. And I think that's why Ten Hag was so angry about it, because he's got to pick him now. Anyway, we're getting into Scum Podcast. Do you think Ten Hag should start playing <laughs> Scott McTominay? <laughs> Manchester more United. Often? It seems to be the football club. It seems to be the last thing you want. It's like, fucking hell, that guy scored. I've got to put him in the team now. I hate him. Shall we lead off on Bamford the Cheat? Because that got a huge response. Like the number of people like tagging us and stuff on Twitter saying, you need to do this for propaganda because it was Nick London, wasn't it? The um, QPR commentator. Who? Nick London. What? It's just not going to stick. I was say, Nick, saying, from, Nick from London. I was Nick. saying that like, he will never be known by his name. He will always just be known as the Bamford the Cheat guy. And it, like, mm. no matter how many times you know, Tell him, what is he called? Nick London. It's just not. It does sound like a made-up name of a Lund- who would someone who would be commentating on a London team. Yeah. Go. What's what's his name? Oh, like Nick. Like yeah, it's like Bringard. Bringard call himself Bryn Leeds. Yeah, Bryn Leeds. It could. We'd allow him to double barrel it maybe to Leeds Wrexham because mm-hmm. of his split allegiances. But you know, is this? He's suggesting this is like his punk rock name. Yeah. It's like Sid Vicious, Johnny Rotten, Nick. What, what's he called? Nick London. Nick, Nick Shepherd, London. Nick Shepherd's book. Yeah. Uh, shall we hear from it's him to then? give it back? Should we hear it? We've got some leads. I mean, he's literally named after a thief. The whole concept <laughs> of thieving true. is in his name. What's he called? Nick London. We can't. Um, QPR does feel like a long time ago, it has to be said, because we've since played Bristol City. But we can't not talk about this, can we? Because it's, it's fun. It's why this show exists. Let's hear from some Leeds fans first. We're 30 minutes in and 47 seconds. I'm watching on the visual radio. And uh, I can only get the bloody QPR, QPR I follow thing to work. Fucking hell. These QPR commentators fucking hate Somerville. Apparently he's diving and buying the referee in. Oh, it's magical. Great win. And made even funnier by the fact I was watching it on the QPR radio. And that was just more and more hilarious the longer the match went on. Why do that more often? Watch it on the opposition commentary. Only if we're winning though, because I don't want to hear happy opposition. Most enjoyable moment was when me Lord Bamford sent that rather tall chap for a saucy American and an early shower. Damn right. Pretty dull until injury time, where a commentator that all the way through the game I'd been thinking was really, really strangely unbiased and level-headed for an in-house commentator, suddenly lost his mind and went from auditioning for a role with Sky Sports to Bamford the cheater! Get him off! He's a fucking cheat! But who's taking the free kick? Fucking cheating Bamford! Get him off! If you can, dig up that audio. Please, please let me hear it again. (laughs) Are we happy to oblige? And we have got it. So this is the, this is both the red card and then Bamford taking a free kick a moment later, joined together. Big of a 
Rubbish just helps it past him. Oh, there's no touch. He's a diving treat. Strike it. Bamford. Bamford. Bamford, the cheat, will take the free kick. Left foot. I mean, I know we're biased in my pick, but good God. I, I actually don't mind this at all. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I just want a lot more of it. Yeah. More petty grievances being brought in. Absolutely. I, I did listen to some QPR fans, which I didn't include because it feels ages ago and they were just quite nice, but they were they're basically at the point of wanting a new manager and said they weren't going to score anyway. So no one was no one was actually annoyed about Bamford. I started listening to stuff in the hope that people would be furious about it. But I think they were like well, Too much despair, basically. Wouldn't have scored anyway. Yeah. So it sort of didn't matter in the end either, because no. I mean it, it stopped them in the tracks in stoppage time, but from a football point of view with game they probably weren't going to score probably I know we had um, both Cooper and Creswell warming up at that point which I think says something about what the game would sort of turned into and then the red card got rescinded Bamford said afterwards he was like yeah I didn't think he well he said he didn't touch me and it looked on the footage as if because he kept following the referee around and he was talking to Begovic and it seemed like on the pitch he was saying like look he didn't touch me I took I moved, I fell over, I got up. You don't need to send him off. So there's kind of nothing really matters at the end of it. But it's still funny. It's I, still I think funny. The, the person who's take the, taken this worst is Nick London, generic Nick London. Uh, well, who's he? Uh, commentator for QPR's oh, I, I Follow Service. I yeah. didn't know he, that was his it's, name. It, the name just doesn't stick, does it? I didn't know he had a name. Should we hear more from him? I was, well, I was petty enough to try and find hmm. the how he dealt with the Naki Wells handball, which is obviously another incident of disgusting cheating it was like a double triple handball that wasn't it which, kind of... which season was this so was this the Bielsa first season was it March was it 2000 was it um, 2000 that was a very long time ago <laughs> you know the other one the other one that ends in a zero 2020 20 that's the one um, <laughs> 20 I think it was in that I think it was in, in 20 right um, in 20 yeah and I think this is Nick London but who it could just well do you know what Nick London sounds like? I've never heard of him. <laughs> exactly. So I think this is Nick London, but I wasn't able to to confirm. But this is definitely the QPR commentary of that Naki Wells handball, and you'll you'll no doubt hear all the complaints about the cheating in this one. Enough in the wall. Referee Banks blows his whistle as a takes. Yeah, he didn't deal with it, and Naki Wells taps in. It's Queens Park Rangers one. Leeds United nil. Full credit to Naki Wells, Nick. You know, with Berriese on the free kick. He lines it up. He hits it, doesn't get a great strike, goes into the wall. The ricochet could go anywhere. What it does, it falls to Naki Wells. He was just going to see it. There's the ricochet. Nick London, silence upon that cheating. Because you know when those clips are being shown they always sync it up with the commentary don't they Yeah. and what it was showing there was multiple angles of Naki Wells handballing it three times Yeah. and Nick London sat there going mm. just, just gonna can't really go off message here just can I? gonna leave that one out there I don't know who the guy was it was an interesting accent was, yeah. it, was it Kiwi South African I've no idea it was a, it was a strange combo mm. but I did also go back into QPR's maybe it was Roy Wegley YouTube Let's, he was South African, wasn't he? South African-American. Let's say yes, then. It was Roy Wigley. Okay. Scorer, scorer of a very good goal. You're welcome. Against Leeds. <laughs> so let's hear from Nick London speaking to QPR's YouTube channel, where this is him explaining like his process Sorry, of commentary. Who's this again? It's, Nick London's the guy who does the commentary for the QPR channel. Just do me a favour, Moscow. Write that name down, will you? Just so we don't forget it. What name? But what Andy and I are trying to do is more than just what's happening. We're trying to explain a little bit about it. She's a diving cheat! Bamford the cheat will take the free kick. <laughs> Very good. Petty. Yeah, well Very done. petty to mash it up in that way. He, was, he did, I mean, if you were listening on the radio, got quite a vivid impression of what was going on. Yeah. Creating pictures with words. Mm. Just So the, I mean, the incident has really stuck in all our minds. Him, his name, mm. who he was, who he will be, who he, um, where he came from, it's kind of drift. He's like just a, a ship in the night, isn't he? Like a passing cloud. Lights dimly blinking on the horizon. Bamford's I mean, that's not going to get picked up by the mics when we release this show, but... Well, so if anybody would like to sort of create pictures with words, I was moving away from the microphone saying Bamford's a cheat, Bamford's a cheat, gradually more and more quietly, yeah. like a ship receding into the distance yeah. uh, at night. Mm-hmm. 
a ship that had replaced its foghorn. Like with, an echo on the breeze. With that. Yeah. Anyway. Which if anybody out there runs a like a ferry company and wants to make that happen, I'd love somebody to bring like a, a car transporter up the whole estuary, honking out that. <laughs> but Bamford's a cheat. <laughs> and we need to give credit to our fine listener and member for their pronunciation of Shaw. That was excellent work in there. The clips we heard before. Right. Um, Gareth Ainsworth spanned, Michael. Yeah. No. Moscow. Th- and this is a paid on the sheet this morning. I'm, I'm unaware of this. Did you know he was in a band? Yeah, I've seen him playing in a band. Okay. I saw the photos in the wake of us playing them. Yes. This is, seems, this is the curious thing because I didn't know until midway through the second half, I got a message from friend of the podcast, Emily Pillbeam, who is insisting that she gets credit for having discovered all this. And I don't know how anybody missed it because when I got the message says, did you know QPR's manager is in a band? And I was looking at him at the time. I was like, well, of course he is. But how did I not know that? Mm. So The man's a walking midlife crisis. Well, he's been in a band for a long time. He used to be in a band with Wimbledon teammates Chris Perry and Trond Anderson. And there's something very 1990s. I've been kind of obsessed with this line from his Wikipedia page that says, he later joined the band Dog Chewed the Handle, named after a television song, after answering an advert in Loot. Mm-hmm. something about that is like if you were around in 1995 those words would probably all send like a a shiver of recognition down your spine anyway he's now in a band called Cold Blooded Heart The Cold Blooded Hearts and their album is just out if anyone wants to buy that um, this is from their YouTube channel and this is the two things that I can't I've not been able to get out of my mind and so by sharing them here maybe it will unburden my awful preoccupied brain <laughs> Um, so this is from their YouTube channel. They call them the rehearsal tapes, but they're all professionally filmed. This is an intro to um, a recognisable song as performed by Gareth Ainsworth on vocals. We only get a little bit of that. And um, a drummer who appears to be uh, getting thrown down the stairs. And for all you blogs out there who are too cool to sing along in the last song, this one's for your girlfriend. Ladies! Thank you. That bit has just been playing over and over in my brain. Yeah. Um, for when did we play QPR? It feels like it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so Gareth Ainsworth in the band. The other thing he did of note, which we have touched on before, because Tyler Roberts was in the crowd for this, he got them this one in to do the hacker in front of the QPR team. Oh, was that him? And it yeah. shows the it's it's really just worth watching for the introduction of it, and this guy comes in and starts speaking in a foreign language and appears around the corner dressed in full Maori dress and then it pounces the players' faces and they're just absolutely dead. Because they, they just didn't know what was coming, did they? No, you yeah. can see them all just thinking, oh, it's this, is it? But this is this is happening now. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. There's a great part of that. So to introduce this guy, it's, I don't think it really says what's coming, but Gareth Ainsworth is like in full supply teaching mode mm. at the start because he's saying, he has taken time out of his day to come here and do this for you. So you need to pay attention to him um, out of respect for, and I think all these like grown men, like, uh, yeah, this will be, this will be fine. Um, so that's Gareth. I should mention if um, on a musical tip, if anyone wants to hear some better music, um, I won't be playing it, but I'm DJing when Tree Boy and Ark play at the Brudenell on Friday the 27th. And they're a good band. We're all going to come down and we're going to stand there motionless watching you. Well, they're good. I'm in between them and other good bands that are What are playing. you going to play? I'm going to be playing some good... Spice Girls. Some good records, but I'll be playing them What's quite What's your favourite Britney Spears record, Moscow? Toxic. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it, it's the one I like the best. Mm-hmm. The strings in it are good, aren't they? Toxic Dramatic. Good. So that's, um, yeah, the night before the Huddersfield game, if you want to hear a good band instead of Gareth Ainsworth's band. Although he could be persuaded to maybe do a... Mm-hmm. There, there is some special guests who've not been announced so maybe it is Gareth Ainsworth's group. if you want and if you like country music listen to the members show this week right got a treat on there is that a tease for us is it's it? um, a bit of uh, another Bamford I've discovered a country music Bamford out in the wild is that like the um, the country music Billy Bramner who used to be caused me great confusing when I went to into charity shops 
and looking through the LPs and there'd be this LP by Billy Bramner. Quite frequently you'd find an album. And I was young enough to be a bit kind of, could he? (laughs) And because we're talking pre-internet as well. So my familiarity with Billy Bramner and how he looked was all based on old football annuals and pictures of him from the 60s and 70s. So you see this album from the 1980s by somebody called Billy Bramner. Like, hmm. He's been managing Doncaster at this point. It seems unlikely, but well, mind you. Did, did I ever tell you about my childhood Elton John confusion? No. So you know Elton John, you'll know, has got a song called Daniel. Yes. yes. Right? And then Elton John also has a song called Your Song. So in discussions around Elton John, I think, being played in the car, there were, I think parents must have mentioned, like, Daniel and Your Song. And I think in my mind, I confused the two, and I thought Daniel was my song. Yeah. Yeah. I, see. I see. And then I grew up and realised it wasn't and I was disappointed. I don't think I've got over it since. Mm. Anyway. Once, uh, if, if we're just idly chatting, I once flew to America <laughs> and one of the radio channels that you could tune into from your seat, it, like things weren't very sophisticated at the time, was playing the greatest hits of Fleetwood Mac and then the greatest hits of Elton John. And I timed it, I trimmed it down and basically worked out where the chain was. And I think... Um, Little Lies and then Daniel and Crocodile Rock mm-hmm. and I would just kind of like tune in every two hours whatever yeah keep an eye on my watch and be like oh right, it's time for uh, the chain and just listen to that and then go back to uh, the other thing I was doing because I couldn't watch the um, is the chain is that the that's the theme tune to Top Gear isn't it no um, Formula One it was yeah. Formula One sorry yeah yeah I couldn't watch that's any... like halfway through it though it's like cars, two separate songs fast words I couldn't watch the film because I was on the front row of the cabin and the the screen was basically ah. perpendicular to my right, so I was kind of restricted for entertainment. We didn't have back-of-seat stuff then. One twenty-inch CRT TV for yeah. about 40 rows. We were... Uh, this, this isn't true. We could smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one advantage. You had to. You had yeah, to. It was, thing. Yeah. it was mandate. I was. It was to prove you're old enough to go on a plane. You, <laughs> had, to, you had to smoke a couple. 12, 12 years old, sitting there with a briar pipe, <laughs> just to make sure I was allowed... Um, over the sea. <laughs> Should we move on to Bristol then? This is what Leeds fans made of our win against the Robins. Scott White, the Kentucky Yorkshireman. Yeah, How about that? Two on the bounce. I'll take it. Got my shotgun, my Kentucky bourbon on the front porch without my shoes. Gonna take two weeks to decompress and get ready for the next big match. We're going to take Norwich and dip them in the North Sea. Well, happy days. Happy international break. Uh, screw Sinistera, screw Adams, screw Koch, screw Verber. It's all about Ruter, Pirot and Sam fucking Byram. Just thank fuck he was on the line because I, I think we deserved the win. I thought we were the much better side. Fuck me, the weekend's better when it, with a Leeds winning it. Happy days. So I wonder if the reason there's not as much enthusiasm around Joel Perot as there should be, and this idea that, I don't know, he's out of games for most of them. I think he's just the opposite of what we've grown used to as a striker. You know, it's been Bamford for the last few years. And even when it wasn't Bamford, it was generally, it was about pressing and it was about holding the ball up and it was about setting about and hassling opponents. And that's just not what Perot does. He's a finisher. You know, he'll drift in and out of games, but he tends to be in the right place and can apply the finish on his finishing as well. Both footed. That's not been talked about enough. The one at Millwall's with his right foot today from the outside of the box was with his left. Great player and a fucking good finisher. Who is this Jorginho Ruter? Like compared to last season, it's like he went into a cocoon and metamorphosized from a caterpillar into a butterfly. What luck I have seeing leads twice live in a week and seeing two wins in a row trying to cast off some of my lived-in cynicism from years of experience and uh, be a little bit more like zen dan i got to go to a sunny day in beeston and i got to see my only sports team my team win in front of forty thousand other like-minded people um and i have to say as a fan from north america who doesn't get to see Leeds very often. It's the rarest thing in the world. And I have to say that today goes down as one of the happiest memories I have in my life. You know, it's an amazing experience. So cheers, guys. Well, I sent a bit of a chill up my spine, did that? Thinking nice about that, that. the idea that you've you've only got one team and they're thousands of miles away and you get to see them very, very rarely. And when you do, it's super. So I feel like living locally, we all went to these two games and went, yeah, good, two wins, nice one. 20 minutes home. 
Yeah, people were bored against QPR, weren't oh, they? Like, it was a rubbish like, game. Bit, bit miffed that we didn't do more. Shit atmosphere, should have scored more goals, useless. Um, it's good to hear the uh, direct quote as well from Daniel Farker's press conference being repeated there, where he's a, he's a fucking great finisher. I think is <laughs> basically what Farker was saying for 13 minutes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, on to the Dutchman. Should we talk about him? Yeah. It was a good point, that, that because if you think through the strikers we've all seen, if they're not always involved, Leeds fans always have a tendency mm. to start like, Jermaine Beckford, what did you do off the ball? Not lazy, scoring 30 goals. Um, Viduka used to have that as well because he he didn't he didn't look like he ran around much, but he was always scoring twenty goals in the Premier League. And there's always that. Whereas Alan Smith would score seven a season, but because he'd be charging around getting yellow cards and everything, getting Smithy, go on, smudge your son. So there's always been that kind of like what Leeds fans kind of want. And even that's well, Alan Clark never used to be slide tackling people or charging around or leading the press. I suppose he didn't really do that in those days. But Sniffer just turn up in the box and. Finish. I suppose because we're going to come on to the pronunciation, Joel is playing ostensibly at 10. There's like that expectation. Well, why isn't he constantly on the ball creating stuff? But it's just a way of getting him into positions where he can finish. So it's kind of like playing as a 10, but not giving him the ball and not saying you have to start creating and linking the play and being an all-action conduit for the entire team. It's just like doing what Jermaine Beckford used to do of floating around and making sure he puts the ball in the net whenever there's a chance, but from 15 yards further back. So, and, and he's allowed to run forward as well. I've noticed that. Yeah, we are letting him. He, he does but, run forward, but he doesn't need to. He only needs to go to the edge of the box and just like pop hmm. through your legs into the goal. Your legs specifically, yeah. if you if they were available. Yeah, I would make them available for him to put the ball through. You'd open your legs for Joel Pirro. You didn't need to say that. I, that's where I was guiding us. But you know, you were uh, fair enough. Should we, um, how, how are you saying it then, so far? Because I've been going Piro. Mm-hmm. I tried Peru for a while. Peru, like the country you went for. Yeah, but yeah. then I've, I was listening to, it felt like Bryn Law might have inquired, mm. and I noticed a modification. Um, so I've been trying to just kind of follow Bryn's It's been closer lead. to Peru, hasn't it? Like, and now I sound, I'm saying it as if I was Tom Jones. And in, in stadium, they're going with Peru, but like the announcements. So this is what Bristol's commentator went with. I've, I've just looped it around so we can hear it a few times. Pyro, 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 pyro. Yeah, I like pyro. Pyro. He's a firework. So I was what's confused. Your, what's your favourite Katy Perry song? Uh, firework. Thank you. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, um, Teenage Dream. Yeah, that's good too. No, it's, no I, that's never top of mind. Yeah, it's mm. decent, decent pop song. Like. Anyway, the one she did with um, Snoop Doggy Dog was it California oh, Girls? Like yeah, that was, oh, good. Okay. that was catchy. I like that. I didn't even know it was there actually. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I did try to track down then Joel Pirro saying his own name, which was surprisingly difficult, actually. I found several interviews, but I feel like at the start of every interview, you should state your name, but he doesn't, Right, which is selfish of him. I have since found an adult version of him saying it as well, but this is um, this is a 15-year-old, Joel Pirro, interviewed on YouTube. I think it's PSV's channel or something, uh, chatting to him. Um, and this is him. I think I was using the Google translated captions. I think it's him saying, um, my name is Joel Pirro and I'm 15 years old. Ik ben Joel Piru. Ik ben 15 jaar oud. Piru? 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 It's not quite Peru, but it's Piru. No one's been doing it right. For what I can can I, I just play that again? I've got, I've got, I've got the, the Piru isolated at the bottom. Oh, okay, thanks. Well, thank you for your diligence. No worries. Joel Piru. Joel Piru. Joel Piru. 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 Yeah, sort of like where um, Bryn Law has been taking it. It's like Piru. It's mm. kind of been what I've been it's quite sh- The end of it's quite short, isn't it? It's not... Piru. You don't you yeah. don't dwell on the R either, do you? It's like Piru. You skip over it. You can make some allowances for regional differences. Mm. Like I think we can get away with a Piru. Piru. Clipping the vowels as all the consonants, whatever Carol Vorderman's got, <laughs> um, as as sharply as the average 15-year-old Dutch boy is probably beyond some Yorkshire tongues. Mm-hmm. I can confirm that he'd have probably got served at 15. Right. I mean, he's incredibly Dutch-looking, isn't he? He's the most Dutch-looking Dutchman I've, I think I've seen. It's nice hearing him, uh, hearing him speak a bit of Dutch. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Let's hear it again. Which one do you want to hear? You want the, the full version. Right, okay. The extended mix. <laughs> yeah, the LP. I'm Joel Piru. I'm 15 years old. Yeah. I mean, you could figure that out without the 15 subtitles. years old? Yeah. <laughs> that's essentially what Dutch is, isn't it? I don't think, I don't think that's it. English with an accent. <laughs> that's not even Dutch, I think about it. Well, hang on, one more time. Igmen Joel Piru. Igmen 50 years old. Yeah. I, it could be saying I'm 50 years old. But it's other than more that. 
I suppose it's a bit like uh, it's near to Hull, isn't it, Holland? It's probably just a, a mixture of the two. I I like a can of Kirk. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Square Ball Podcast. With the return of the German Christmas market to Leeds this year, on this week's member show, we wonder: Could you find yourself drinking a Stein with Daniel Farker in December? I've never been a fan of the Christmas market. People are dead enthusiastic for it sometimes. I'm not like, it's all just a bit daft, isn't it? You, you mean what you mean is I don't want to take my kids there and pay four pound fifty for a, a toffee apple or whatever it is. Well, there is that as well. Yeah, and just the like, it's not, it's not real, is it? I mean, it is because it's like German people who come and put it on. I think it's like a Haribo stall there. That's made in Pontefract. To listen to the members' show, get priority access to the match ball and all our shows ad-free, become a TSB Plus member at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right. uh, Let's hear what the Bristol City fans made of it all then. The Forever Bristol City podcast had this to say. I thought there was a um, there was an inevitability, like you said, about you know about losing to Le- Leeds United. City played with more confidence than they did against uh, Leicester City. They tried to take the game game to Leeds, but ultimately were overwhelmed by Leeds' quality, energy, uh, and the amount of chances that they created. City stayed in the game as long as they could. But ultimately, the score flattered City and Leeds could have won the game uh, well before uh, their, uh, their their second goal. And City's subs bench, uh, City's replacements were poor, didn't add anything. Only two or three players stood out. And these games just shows us how show us how far short we are of the quality to be able to make an impact in this division. So ultimately, uh, a frustration as usual. I mean, it does help, doesn't it? If we're being entirely fair, that we went up and spunked hundreds of millions of pounds on yes. footballers. That's that's that, been a big influence. That's, that's influenced things. Yeah, because Jorginho Ruto is really amazing. Yeah, it? apart from his finishing on that one chance. But generally speaking, he's just so much better than everyone else. It's sort of how it's quite difficult to get too excited about Leicester as well. Everyone's like, oh, this disciple of Pep is doing extraordinary things. It's like it's a Premier League team um, mm. full of ringers. Because Bristol were all right, weren't they? And there's the sort of, they don't, they feel playoff a ball. But looking at the squad, they're sort of not built for promote. You can't get promoted with Andres Feynman in the team in 2023. Mm. Is that, and you get some clubs and Bristol probably a few years ago when they had all them good defenders Aidan Flint and people maybe felt closer to the Premier League than they do now the the stadium is probably good enough so there's kind of they wouldn't be I mean Luton have changed everything but they wouldn't be out of place up there but it just doesn't feel like a team Nigel Pearson I suppose is a Premier League standard manager can get them up there and but even if you have got old Andy King, it's just, there doesn't feel like a, a squad of players that's like, yeah, that's going to get us promoted. Have Bristol City ever been in the top division or like in our lifetimes? Yeah. yeah. When they had Norman Hunter at the back, 
Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of people there kind of grown up having... Oh, in our lifetimes, yeah, no. Having never well, seen yeah, them. but no. I mean, now I don't know. <laughs> I thought you meant ever, and I was like, yeah. No, but... I knew they had, they had ever, but I, I kind of I rephrased the question as I was asking it, because I realised I knew that they had been. We've got a, a ludicrously good record against against Bristol. Yeah, I was going to say that we, we are their Oldham for us in the 90s. Yeah, we played yeah. them in 1997, which is obviously a different era, but then since relegation, all that, we played them 17 times, and they've won once. Right. And we don't have that good a record against anyone because we've mainly been shit through it, those. It years. doesn't feel like we've ever had a hex over anybody, does no, it? No, but we have over Bristol. It's just no one's no, well, no one's cared. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, they were last in the top flight in 1979. So actually, just in my lifetime, then. And then the next season they were in Division Two. Then the next season they were in Division Three. Yeah. And then the next season they were in Division Four. And then um, that's hell of a ride, isn't it? Yeah, they stayed down for a season, but then came up. And then three, 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 three. So, um, but they've not been in the top division since football started in 1992. No, not at all. But they have got like quite a nice stadium. Just not quite the team, I don't think. Matty James. It's like I'm it's, looking at the team. The last time they did beat us, some interesting characters. Bobby Deck or Dover Reed's in it. Mm. You've got T- Tammy Abraham, Lee Tomlin, uh, Aidan Flint, Nick London, Mark, yeah. Nick London, Mark, no, not Nick, Mark Little, who is of course Joe Mangle. Yes. He was in the team. So yeah, it's a good mixture of people. But that um, was a 1-0 win at Bristol. Can't remember. It, who's, was it Lee Johnson? Mm, 20, yeah, Keith Stroud was reffing. It was 20, September 2016. It's the start of the Monk season, isn't it? Why is Keith Stroud always reffing us against them? Makes you wonder. Mm. Mm. Um, let's move on to Robins on Tour, which is a vlog. Yeah, he didn't really speak on this. Ah. Uh, which was, which was a bit of a shame for a vlog. <laughs> what are we going to listen to? Just sort of in Ellen Road. Bird song. You're just going to listen to... The what, sound of Robins tweeting. You're just going to listen to what 1-0 sounded like from the away end, because it's nice. It's nice, but also heavily compressed. It is very, yeah. 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 I noticed in the audio form, it was, uh, it was looking like that. And it was also... It's worth watching for the shot of the South stand. Obviously, I'll, I'll go mental as well, which made me wonder what our, uh, our Chelsea friend would, would think if he'd seen the South stand. <laughs> oh my God, look at the state In of the shed. <laughs> We've never... That, this was done on the member <laughs> show. We, we need to explain now <laughs> that we found a Chelsea clip that we played out on the member show, which has got a bit of traction there, but we need to introduce it to this show. And it was when Chelsea lost to Forest, and this was a rather plummy young Chelsea fan. Mm. appalled at the state of the Forest fans watching the Forest fans celebrate on TV and he'd never seen anything like it and so he said oh my god look at the state of them <laughs> look at the state of them um, we'll keep that one in reserve I thought it was, yeah. it was worth bringing him in yes Just bringing him in yeah. um, should we hear from another reasonable Bristol fan uh, Jack Buchanan yeah Neil's lad yes right. the very same I thought we were we were okay in spells today we weren't good in other spells um, Leeds fans are very, very good. My first time at Ellen Road, very, very good atmosphere from them, to be fair. And uh, I think they'll do very well this season, as everyone's probably expecting them to now. They had sort of a bit of a rocky start, but they really kicked on the last few weeks. That's us. Good. But just, I think people are a bit, just sort of a bit accepting of that we're good. And they're, and they're therefore not that bothered when they lose, which is a bit of a shame. Is this um, is this what... <sighs> It's what being like Man City must feel I think like. It's what a bit, I think it's what coming down with Premier League money does, that yeah. people look at your squad and go, well... What can yeah. we do about that? Well, so, which is exactly how I feel about Man City in the Premier League. Like, what mm. can we do about that? They've got Pep Guardiola. They've spent all that money on. And fifth... They're losing every game. Yeah, yeah. pathetic. And Calvin they? still can't get a game. Bless him. In a losing team, they played a, a child defender in midfield instead of Calvin. Maybe yeah. bringing him in is what they need. He'll turn that season around and finish as top scorer as they win all all the trophies. It it could happen. Mm. I wonder what he makes of it. Genuinely, Calvin. Yeah. Mm. Like knowing that you were going to go there and be benched, but he surely would have expected to have played more than he has done. Is he just happy to be there, hanging around with like Harland and trousering his two hundred grand a week? Oh, probably. I think we've done this to death, haven't we? That he's he's tried to get into the best team in the world, past one of the best players in the world, and he can't do it. So fair enough for trying. You get well paid while you're doing it. Have a nice time with Jack and Erling, and then go and play for somebody else, taking whatever you've learned from Pep or whatever horrible experiences will haunt you forever that sent you on the phone to Marcelo Bielsa in tears so it's like you know he could have gone he could have gone straight from Leeds to a much easier Premier League team Jack Harrison's not going to have any problems getting into the Everton side is he Tyler Adams will be a first pick for Bournemouth all the time easiest thing in the world to do but 
goal to Man City and say, right, yeah, I'm going to try and get in the team ahead of Rodrigo. Speaking the of team that wins fucking everything all the fucking time and is like and does not need me, like cannot be improved by like a minimal number of players will sign for Manchester City and improve them. I'm going to go and see if I can be one of them. Fair enough. Let's uh, talk about Everton then. Bournemouth three nil because Everton were rubbish, and then it turned out Bournemouth were worse. Yeah, which there's a lot of Schadenfreude about this. I think, given as I was saying on on recent shows. Iriola, Max Ahrens, Tyler Adams, Lewis Sinistera, all that stuff. Um, And, you know, there's quite a lot of gloating around the appointment and signings of those players. So um, it's only natural, I think, that Leeds fans are going to revel in their demise. So where are we going with this? Back of the net. Back of the net, who are the people who um, we listened to when we beat them at Ellen Road? The fourth The fireworks and all that sort of stuff was going on in the background. But yeah, this is just a little chop together of their away trip to Everton and it's starting to look like Areola might be a, a classic autumn managerial pick what I don't understand is when they break you think oh we're open as any and then when we go forward you go oh Dom's on his own so where is everyone I, I, it's, it is awful absolutely awful and no disrespect to Everton because no. they've got the job done they're, they're, they're oh, yeah, their team I'm moral I'm moral I don't want to go back out it's really concerning and I I said this to you before we recorded. I honestly think Iriola has two and a half games to save his job. I think it's going, I think it's turning that badly at the moment. Big second half awaits. Massive. There's going to be conversations after this. There's going to be some serious conversations because if this is rock and roll, we're we're more Coldplay or Keen because this is absolutely dreadful. <laughs> Bedlam, Caesar Goodison. The keeper was tested. He's laughing. He's laughing at the thought that Stuart. He knows that it could happen. Oh my God. I hate football. <laughs> I hate football. Oh, hang on. Oh, that's I've got the, positive. That's the coupon code to put in, right? International break. Come on! Yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> Bournemouth to ruin my weekend next weekend. Oh, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? It's been a it's been a tough old day today, but we do keep the faith. But we're not going to airbrush this one because it was a it was a terrible performance. And uh, yeah, Bournemouth, we go again. How many times can we go again and produce that again before triggers are pulled and decisions are made? Why did we morph into a some sort of ambient trip hop album there? They were at the end. They were doing a bit of a walk, a bit of a roundup through the park and stuff. Um, Stanley it's, Park. It sounded yeah. like it was being filmed from a drone, yeah. like a, a big tracking shot as they're walking along the beach, mm. going like you know, cuts like, out to a river or a, yeah, the sea or whatever. At the yeah. end of some dating program where it's like, well, we've had a great time, but I just don't know about the future. Yeah, Ariola and the whole. Or a thing, and sometimes Iraoli, you know that you're, you're naming him after the outer part of a nipple. There, so Andoni and um, the stuff is it feels quite Jesse Marshy. I've not really watched them play. I thought I'd have a look at some point, but I couldn't really. Um, like if you're going to watch a team in red and black stripes, you may as well watch AC Milan. But yeah, I think they're learning. What maybe we learned is that to do that kind of when they were talking about being all the way like so open defensively. You've got to be really good at this to make it work, this kind maybe of Jayden, pressing football. Maybe Jaden Anthony was keeping the whole thing together. Maybe he was the crucial bit. But it's, it's nice to hear the uh, the nihilism mm. and the sarcasm uh, all starting to come to the fore. When Cheering they, a shot on that Just when they have a shot, yeah. Those yeah. are bad days, aren't they? You know, yeah. every team's been there, but you have that. And this and is genuinely... It's generally the end of days, isn't it, when that sort of thing's going on? I am genuinely trying to be more appreciative of Leeds United this year and enjoy a lot more what we're experiencing because it's a lot more positive than last season. And when I hear this, it reminds me that I'm having a nicer time than they are. Mm. They sounded on the verge of going back to their town and just like smashing places up, <laughs> rioting in the streets, putting some windows through, just mm. like a weekend of uh, just bacchanalian horror. Could be, could be fun. Yeah, they should try it. It's the one thing they've probably not tried. Um, um, but you'd think they'd have seen what a great time some other people have had. <laughs> 
uh, doing it, specifically uh, the old folks who occasionally um, emerge from the retirement homes down there at night and uh, just rock through the streets, causing all kinds of trouble. Should Definitely go, happens. Should we go back to the championship? The back, mad mistake. Back to the champion. The mad mistake, yes, which is a Sunderland vlog. And you will be aware that there was a sort of derby, kind of. I mean, like Newcastle Sunderland is the northeast derby. It's the best they can do. But the closest you can do, yeah, yeah, is is going to be with Middlesbrough, which is down the road. For anybody not familiar with the geography of of the northeast, Middlesbrough is kind of in a little weird halfway house, isn't it? It's, sort of, kind of was Yorkshire, but not really. And yeah, little twangs of the northeast in the accent. And stuff, anyway, you know? they're, they're trying to make the the best of a rivalry. I felt a bit bad actually digging this up because they. People who put it online originally, he seems to have made the video private. I think because Middlesbrough fans were laughing at him so much. But you know, that's what football's about. The internet, what... the internet doesn't forget, and Middlesbrough fans have clipped this stuff up, and it's still out there. So, um, so this, and Sam Greenwood getting a mention here as well. So yeah. this is at halftime. Uh, they've just had a man sent off. I think for talking to the ref was what he was sent off for. So they don't really know what's going on, and he's furious about it. And he's nice and squeaky so, and upset. Uh, and everyone, everyone's angry. Sam Greenwood is playing for Borough. Has he scored by this point? He might have scored. He did score, didn't anyway, he? Certainly, but he's, against, he's a, against his boyhood club. Yeah. Daniel Halftime! Daniel being sent off! Get the real complete twat! Absolute joke. 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 Absolute Two games of Berra and he's waving the Berra fans on. He's supposed to be a Sunderland fan. What an absolute joke. Disgrace. Not happy at all with this, like. Fucking shocking. Pardon me, friends. <laughs> absolute joke. Absolute joke. Absolute joke. Absolute joke. <laughs> the little, um, the little, little squeaks. The little squeaks were good, weren't they? Sunderland fan. They were quite uh, musical with the absolute joke, but it went, there was a mm. little, um, there was a melody. Yeah, they were sharing the same mic, leaning in. <laughs> Absolute joke. Absolute joke. <laughs> Sam Greenwood, um, to be fair, when he did score, made, we said this on the match board, didn't we, the biggest song and dance about not celebrating while all his teammates were kind of trying try to drag him over to the fans. He's like putting his arms out like, don't touch me, don't do this. I don't want to I don't want to have people calling me an absolute joke. Well, apparently as well, in the from Twitter comments, they've complained about him waving there. He was waving to his dad who was in the crowd, apparently someone, someone was saying, but... His dad presumably is a Sunderland fan. Presumably his dad's a Sunderland fan. You mean Sunderland? Yeah. How big a wave must it have been? Because to be that angry about it, because if I was a footballer, I've seen players waving at their family members. It's generally just a little like, all right, hiya, Mm. hello, little... Like, but what was he doing He's for them height. to be an absolute joke? These fellas were in a heightened state by this point. Anything, (laughs) anything he did. The way he's fucking walking, man. It's so (laughs) disrespectful. (laughs) Anyway, should we hear him at the end of the game? This is him outside the ground. It's embarrassing to be fair, isn't it? Horrible, worst result possible. Feels sick. Sick as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Getting pumped for another arm. Um, so that's good. Right. Should we go elsewhere for championship misery? Finish on a bit of a bit of brummy misery. Yeah, I mean the misery is partly yeah. ours because we have to listen to the accent. But yeah, this might be their last misery for a while because as soon as the the new manager is appointed, it's straight to the Premier League. What are they doing? It's been great, hasn't it? What was funny was the, the all, all the dick waving and all that procession that happened around our fixture. You know, like um, mm. when what's his face came Tom in? Brady, yeah, from the gridiron came in and his mate. And they did all the interviews pitch side. They had a lovely time and they beat us. And they're doing all right in the champo. They're doing really well. You wouldn't sack your manager, would you? No, of course you won't. They should just put, I think they should stick Tom Brady in charge. So it's obviously what they want. They want Tom Brady as manager, but they can't quite do that. So they've got to get who's the next best Mm. kind of friendly sports celebrity. It seems like the sort of classic move new American owners might do if they don't really understand anything. And they go, they're going to, Absolutely love this legend of the legend of the game. He was England's top scorer for like half an hour. They're going to think this is brilliant. You wait to see. I can't wait to. They'll be all swarming the stadium. They'll be wanting to shake hands with us. And then it's actually happened. Everyone's gone. Oh, they mean the, that that guy, right? Do you think um, Prague Marathi at any point had to like 
Angus Kinnear grabbed his phone and was like, I'm just blocking Gary Neville's number. You can't, <laughs> you can't do this. He's like, oh, should I phone Rio Ferdinand? He's John Terry. Up. No. Yeah. John, no. Oh, he's a Leeds fans love a warrior. Lampard's out of work. Mm. Give so, me your phone. <laughs> so this is, this is chatting blues anyway. So he's, this, this first clip is him just trying to get his, his head around it. Um, so we'll hear a little bit of this first. It's going to be Rooney, isn't it? And um, like, I think it's completely the wrong time to do it to 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 sack the manager. We're sixth in the league, right? It's the wrong person. Like, what his te- his managerial record is awful. We're, we're going to try and end this video on a hot on, on a positive note. It'd be hard to tell even if they did. <laughs> well, do you want to hear some of his positives? That I, oh. it, it was about ten minutes. These are some of the positives he clumped together in the in the in the closing. You know, my instant reaction to it is it's just a terrible decision. It's an absolute awful, it's a shocker, right? And even the even the person they're bringing in is a shocker. It wouldn't be so bad if they were bringing in someone like Graham Potter or something. We've got two weeks now to, to kind of, like, um, gr- gr- grieve, really. Like, just fucking, you know, just, just try and forget about it. You know what I mean? It, it, we can't be turning on the owners. This is the thing. We cannot be turning on the owners. It's a shocking decision. You know, they came in, when they came in, they said they know nothing about football. And this has just proved it. His win rate for a manager is 21%. Uh, he's not, I mean, he's not even very liked in the football world, let's be honest. On and off the field, uh, it's just a shocking appointment. But we've got to get behind him. We have to get behind this guy. We have to kind of, we have to kind of like just just um, try not to be too hard on 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 the owners. We've just got to trust the process. Do you know what I mean? We've just got to trust that everything's going to be all right. I know at the moment, it, 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 I don't know, man. I didn't think Monday morning I'd be making a video like this. It's just crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. But he's uh, got to do better than sixth because if we start dropping down the league, this is where, like, they've, they've made a rod for our own back because if we start losing games, have you seen our next five games? They're absolute shockers, mate. Like, the, the five of the most informed teams in the league. Just just at the back of Wayne Rooney as well, like, uh, when he was at Derby, people were saying, oh, he'd done really well at Derby and that. Um, he had uh, Liam uh, Rossini as as, as, um, as uh, assistant manager. He was doing all the... T- the, the tactics and that. I spoke to loads of Derby fans about it. If you can't, like, at the moment, if you're so frustrated like I am, then just don't say nothing for a couple of days and just let it sink in. He says, don't say, don't say nothing for a couple of days, having just put that video on you. A few days of silence to grieve for John Eustace, who was uh, in the managerial hot seat at Birmingham for about 15 months by my Math one twenty one, drew sixteen, lost twenty six, win percentage thirty three point thirty three. I mean, they were favourites to go down last year. It is worth saying that they were because they were shambles as a club. And he's done a good job. He's done a good job there. I'm just maybe questioning like the two days of mourning. Two weeks. Well, he, he said a couple of weeks to grieve, but he said a oh, few okay. days of silence, wasn't it? So you have okay. to, you have the two days of kind of mourning, and then you mm. can go into the the grieving process and kind of. Maybe after a while. I was about to start grieving then because that clip went on for nine on two minutes. Yeah, sorry about that, yeah. And uh, it was really starting to just cut through me. I quite like the fact that he kept going, you've got to just, we can't turn on the owners. But I mean, but it is, a, it's really, really an awful decision, isn't well, they, it? They can't turn on the owners because they were kissing their asses mm-hmm. at, like, to a disgusting extent uh, not more than a month ago. So for them to now be doing almost exactly what, that guy may be an outlier, who knows, what the rest of the, like, because I'm sure there will be a lot of Birmingham fans going, Tom Brady, Wayne Rooney, this is great. Love this. I've heard of all them. John Eustace, boring. Who was he like? He used to manage Kidderminster. <laughs> Whereas Wayne Rooney managed DC United. Unsuccessfully. Well, doesn't matter. Up. So yeah, that's going to be um, good. It's interesting hearing that, that dilemma kind of play out in his head where you know you've got to get behind something that you know in your gut is not going to work. Which I would I would argue is a bit like what happened with Jesse Marsh here. It's, it's a bit like, like Leeds United throughout the entire yeah. 2010s. I was going to say it's like when Dave Hockaday turned up and you were like, well, uh, well, obviously, yeah. obviously, it's, he's completely unsuitable for this. But do we turn up at the first game and like, fuck off, just get out, <laughs> sack him? Maybe we should have done. And also, I suppose at that time we didn't we didn't need to ever do that because 
Chilino was there and you knew he'd go. Yeah, he'd give go, it a couple he, of weeks. He'd go earlier than anyone on mm. the sacking. Yeah. Generally, most fans would be like, well, maybe see how it pans out. No, gone, gone, straight away. Um, but uh, I'm quite glad that that's gone a bit wrong for him. Mm. He's an awful appointment as well, is Rooney. Not just because of the scum stuff, just comes across as a bit of a thick lad yeah. to have in charge of a football team. I mean, do you remember his, the last sight of him before he went to, was it before he went to DC United when he was in that hotel room, mm. having a little nap, being <laughs> disturbed? So, you know, that's not ancient history. It's recent history. It's, maybe he's um, um, been quieter in DC. Click might have given him a few lessons mm-hmm. in decorum. But, um, yeah, he'll they'll probably win the first few games and everybody will be like, oh, this is absolute visionary. And then um, a year from now, when they're following that Bristol City path that we were looking at before plunging down the leagues, we'll wonder why the hell they got three points that should have been ours. How old are you, Michael? You're 38 now. Nine. Nine, 39. I struggle to believe that you are a year older than Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney looks really old. I mean, yeah. Wayne Rooney looks like he's, he, he could pass for 60, could Rooney. Yeah. Have you seen, have you seen the signing yeah. photo? If you, if you find the signing photo of when he um, when Click signed for them, and Click's I think he's only about five years younger than... Um, than Rooney mm. could be 15 or 20 years difference yeah I mean he's not to compare to I guess he's a former Man United teammate who's older than him in Cristiano Ronaldo the, the two have taken different paths health wise <laughs> I think in terms of the uh, maybe the physical preparation yeah. that they've done is one of them pumping himself full of horse hormones or something I don't, <laughs> don't know what they do I don't know probably <laughs> I don't know mind you I think uh, he's, he's probably more on the, the horse tranquilizers is Rooney rather than the, the hormones <laughs> Right then, uh, are we wrapping it up there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's been all right, hasn't it? So no propaganda next week because there's no games this weekend. But look out for our four-part kit special. Been mentioning that one a fair bit on the uh, on the shows recently. Ed Calburn, who designed the Leeds United kits, uh, came in and did a four-parter where we talked about how it happened and then the home away and third kits. So look out for those Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday in your YouTube and podcast feed. And we'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 